Welcome to the Drop Bass Not Bombs podcast. I'm your host, Amy Farina, aka MC Unicorn. This is the podcast where I interview interesting people in the electronic music scene who are raving for a cause and making the world a better place. Tune in twice a month to hear incredible stories, advice, and insider tips from ravers, industry professionals, content creators, and more. As always on this podcast, the views and opinions of my guests do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of those of my own or those of Drop Bass Not Bombs. As we do discuss some difficult topics on this podcast, listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Drop Bass Not Bombs podcast. My name is Amy Farina, aka MC Unicorn. So as you guys see from my background, I'm not in my office. I'm not in my studio. I'm actually still in Florida from EDC Orlando. And that's today's topic. Today on the podcast, it's just me, myself, and I. There's no guests. I'm going to be doing a full recap of EDC Orlando. If you guys want to read my review, you want to read my article, head on over to edmhousenetwork.com. It's also available on Hardstyle Mag. There you can see a lot of amazing photos as well. You can read the full review. I also did a mini recap on my Instagram, on my Wednesday Instagram Lives, so you guys can go and check that out too. So before we jump into it, I just want to do a short disclaimer So as you guys know, I did work at EDC Orlando. I didn't go there as just a visitor. I didn't go there as just a guest. I tried to write the review as best I can from the visitor perspective. But of course, you know, I was there working for EDM House Network. I did a lot of content for other people there as well, like Eargasm, Earplugs, Relita Couture, of course, my MC Unicorn stuff, and then Drop Bass Not Bombs as well. Here we are with the episode. So I just want to put that out there first before we start. So let's start at the very beginning. So for those of you who don't know, EDC, it stands for Electric Daisy Carnival. EDC is one of the biggest festivals in the world. Um, They have additions in Vegas, in Mexico, in Orlando. So obviously, I went to the one in Orlando. It was my second time. So last year, I went just, just as a visitor, just as a guest. I did some of my own content there, but I wasn't like technically working there last year. So it was really cool to go there this year and to go there as press and to write the article. Now to do this recap, this review, to make a lot of content there. Um, I want to give a huge shout out to my photographer, videographer, and the video editor of this podcast, Lumify Media. Shout out to Scotty. We were working so hard. <laughs> it was a really crazy weekend. We were working the entire time. I was like, get this shot, get this shot, running from stage to stage, getting all the clips, getting all the footage. Um, and we're still really busy with all that content. And you could take a look on my Instagram. Also, please go and give him a follow as well. So this was the 12th edition of EDC Orlando, and it took place from November 10th to 12th at Tinker Field in Orlando. So this edition was really cool because we were celebrating the 30th anniversary of Insomniac. So Insomniac, if you guys don't know, it's the organizer behind EDC. So they've been around for 30 years. That's crazy. So uh, there was a lot of um, celebration things. I'll get to it in a minute, but one of the stages was a birthday cake. Um, there's just a lot of uh, decor and, and nods to the fact that it was their 30th anniversary, which was really cool. So EDC Orlando had four main stages, which I'll get to in just a bit. 
two art cars, and then a lot of like light installations. You had Daisy Lane, you had Rainbow Road, you had these huge daisies coming out all over the place. There was a lot of performers and characters walking around, people on stilts, people dressed up. I mean, literally everywhere you looked, there was something. There was also just a lot of uh, promotional activities as well. So Liquid Death, it's a water company, a canned water company. They were one of the sponsors there. And they had this like mansion. I actually didn't go inside. It probably should have. But they had this like kind of country club mansion lounge thing. Um, Just, yeah, a lot of the sponsors had really cool chill out areas or stands or booths. So that was really cool to see as well. So let's start first with how did I get there? How did I end up? (laughs) Yeah, I ask myself this question a lot. How did I end up here? How did I get there? How did I go from Amsterdam to New York, to New Jersey, to Pennsylvania, back to New York, then to Boston, New Hampshire, then to the Outer Banks, and then to, uh, and then to, um, to Orlando. So that whole story short, it's boring. You don't want to hear all of it. But basically, I was in the Outer Banks. I flew from Norfolk, Virginia to Orlando um, for EDC, of course. I arrived on the Thursday. Um, yeah, I stayed at the Holiday Inn uh, right across from Universal, which was really cool. So on Thursday, I went to Universal City Walk and walked around. Of course, I had to get all my stuff organized and ready. There was like a bunch of issues checking into the hotel. We had the wrong room keys. And so I was the first to arrive. So I was kind of like dealing with all of that. So that took up a good chunk of the day. I also had a bunch of work to do, but finally, once I got settled, um, I went and got my hair done. Uh, so shout out to Get Braidified, uh, Marsha's girls. They did a great job. My hair looked awesome. I always get my hair done from them when I'm in the U.S., and I'll definitely do it again. So you can check out some pictures here if you're watching on YouTube. Otherwise, head on over to my Instagram. After that, I walked around City Walk for a little while. Then my friends finally came. We got some food. And then, yeah, went to sleep and got ready for the first day. So we had to pick up our wristbands on Friday, which was kind of a crazy situation. It's like rushed to the double tree to get it. There was a huge line. It took an hour. I wasn't on the list. Then they found me. So we were scared the car was going to get towed. It was just a lot of chaos. But in the end, got our wristbands, went back to the hotel, and then started getting ready. We had a couple of things to film at the hotel. And then, yeah, we headed to the shuttle. So our hotel was situated along the Orange Line shuttles. So for those of you who have never been to EDC or EDC Orlando specifically, they have all different shuttles. They're all color coordinated and they all pick up around um, the hotels in the area. So we had about a 10 minute walk. I actually realized that I was having us get on at the further stop. There was actually a closer stop. Um, So we realized that the last day we were like walking extra to like the second stop and we're like, oh, there's one closer. Um, But yeah, the shows are really handy. You don't have to wait very long Um, on the way there. It's really easy. It's a nice bus. Uh, It was about a 20 minute drive from the Holiday Inn or wherever the, the pickup stop was um to to edc so once we got there it was a it was a long walk so i just want to say for those of you who are unable to walk or don't like to walk keep in mind with the shuttles it is a long walk i i can't say exactly how long it was i don't know the exact pinpoint addresses but it it was at least a mile walk um it was very very far so and just keep in mind too you have around a hundred thousand people i mean obviously not everybody took the shuttle but you have a huge crowd of people um, this year, there was only one entrance, which 
yeah, that was not great. <laughs> um, one entrance, everybody trying to go the same way. And then across from the entrance, you have the box office slash will call. So we had to actually get our pick up our shuttle hard copy passes there, which was easy. It didn't take very long. But keep in mind, you have all the people going to the main entrance, but also people who need to pick up their tickets, their online orders or buy tickets from the box office, also all going in that same direction. Then, of course, along the way, you have your usual protesters. There was a lot of people protesting EDC. Um, and it was funny because people were like protesting them back <laughs> um, and like responding to them, which was really funny. Um, there was also a lot of like vendors. So you could buy fans, you could buy drinks, you know, whatever you want along the way, some food, hot dogs. I was actually surprised on the way back there wasn't anything because I actually did want to get food. I wanted to get a hot dog and a drink on the way back. And none of the vendors were there on the walk back. They were only there on the way there. And on the way there, I just wanted to get there. I already had my own drink. I was drinking my White Claw. Like I had already eaten, so I was good. But on the way back, I would have liked to have a hot dog and a Diet Coke or a hot dog and a water or something like that. But I guess they had already left, so it was so late. But yeah, so very, very long walk. Um, but getting through was really fast, really easy, super organized and efficient. So first thing, if, if you're over 21, you show your ID and you get a wristband every day, you need to show your ID again, but th that wristband, that 21 and over wristband is good for the entire weekend. So that was great. That was easy. Security was easy. Go through a metal detector, pat down. They were great. And then you just scan your wristband. Um, it has a little QR code on it and you're in. So every day we got in in less than four minutes, like maybe two minutes. Like it was crazy. So the walk was the worst part. But then once you're there, it was a breeze. It was so, so fast. Um, we did have VIP wristbands, but I, my friends who were, who were in uh, general and, and GA plus, they also got in really fast. Um, I didn't hear any complaints about the entrance at all hours of the day. So I think even though there was only one entrance, which was like questionable, um, it was super efficient and super fast. So that was really good. So another point about the shuttles and getting there, I want to give a tip for the way back. So like I said, on the way there, there's only that one entrance. There's only one place you can go. When you're leaving, however, they start to open up additional exits which is amazing. So we actually exited by Stereo Bloom. And keep in mind, the stages might change every year, but just keep this in your mind if you take the shuttles. On the way home, look out for those extra exits or ask. You can ask any of the staff. Everybody who worked there was super friendly, super, super helpful, um, really, really knowledgeable, able to answer any questions. So just go up and ask, see where the exits are and see if you can exit somewhere else instead of walking. And actually, when I published the article in EDM House Network, my friends were like, we didn't know about the exit at Stereo Bloom. And it, like we got to the shuttle so fast that way. So just keep that in mind. Um, pay attention to where the entrances and exits are. Uh, and then, yeah, you can maybe come up with a better strategy. Okay, so that's all about getting there, transportation, how I got there, et cetera. Next thing I want to talk about is the venue. So what is Tinkerfield? Where is it? So Tinkerfield used to be a baseball stadium. It doesn't feel like that. It's just kind of, I don't know, it feels like a field in the middle of a city. I guess that is like a baseball stadium, but it's situated in downtown Orlando and it's it's great. It's a great venue. I had fun there this year and last year. I don't have any complaints. Um, like most festivals, my biggest complaint is the dust, especially if you do have respiratory issues or if you're sensitive to dust. That's something to keep in mind. You might want to bring a mask. 
You might want to bring something to clear your nose. You you might want to keep that in mind. It was very dusty. I heard a lot of people complain every day about the dust, but to be honest, almost every festival that I've been to has that problem. And and EDC Orlando was definitely not the worst. I won't tell you who is the worst dust, but it, it wasn't EDC Orlando. There's definitely other festivals where it gets way, way more dusty. So the cool thing about Tinker Field is even though EDC is actually not that big of a festival, if you consider it stage-wise, there are only four stages and two art cars. So six stages, right? If we compare that to Tomorrowland that has 18 stages, 16 or 18 stages, I don't even remember anymore. Um, Also, what counts as a stage? Because there was a DJ in the bathroom at Tomorrowland. Is that a stage? I don't know. Uh, World Club Dome had 25 stages. Mysteryland has a ridiculous number of stages too. So if you're comparing it to those festivals, EDC Orlando is actually not that big. That being said, it's extremely spread out, which is cool because you have so many art installations. You have a lake. Um, I know if it's kind of, I know if it's actually a lake or just some kind of body of water, um, all these tunnels and stands and uh, vendor village and uh, games and activity. So there's a lot to do aside from the music, which is really cool. And it has the feeling of a big festival, especially because of the production level. I mean, yeah, I'll hear if you're watching on YouTube, you can check out some videos and, and photos. But I mean, the production is next level. It's insane. I mean, the fireworks were amazing, the lasers, the stage, and then also just the drone footage that I saw after and just how it looks from above and all lit up. And so it has that big festival production level with the small festival vibes. Because there's not that many, I think around 100,000 people, I couldn't get an accurate number of how many people were there. But that's not that big. I mean, it sounds funny because you're like, well, 100,000 people is a lot of people, but actually it's not. Once again, if we're comparing it to, let's say, Tomorrowland, that's 400,000 people. I think Mysteryland's 200,000. I think EDC Vegas is 350,000. So 100,000, I would say, is like a, a mid-size um, festival. So yeah, th- just keep all that in mind when you're going. Uh, you will do a lot, of, a lot of walking. So the first day I did wear sneakers, um Saturday and Sunday I wore Doc Martens because they matched with the outfit that I can't say was the best decision I have like cuts up and down my legs because of that um some of my other girlfriends had those huge boots on and like it's it's a lot of walking so keep that in mind when you're making your shoe decisions also keep in mind with the dust if you have a new pair of brand new pair of white shoes you might want to keep those in the locker bring extra pair of shoes you just there's a lot of planning that goes into these things of course So let's talk about the festival grounds. So they had a general store. So if you forgot something, let's say you needed sunscreen, you could go there. A lot of merchandise stands, uh, a bouncy house, plenty of free water refill stations. They did get crowded, but they had them like barricaded off with lines, which was handy. But yeah, those did get really crowded, but you could fill up your camelback, fill up your water bottle. That was great. There was a lot of photo opportunities too. Um, you can see here, if you're watching on YouTube, we took a picture in front of like the light up. We waited a while and everyone, everyone wanted to go. And I'm like, we're doing this, everybody. <laughs> everyone wanted to go dance. Like, we're taking a group photo. We have to do it now. It's the last day. Um, <clears throat> so we did wait a little while for that. There was quite a long line for that. Um, but it was worth it. I think the picture came out cool. And uh, yeah, it's beautiful all lit up at night. So plenty of places to take a good photo, plenty of places to like have a good meetup spot. Like I said, there was a vendor village. I actually didn't go inside. 
but it, they were selling candy. So candy with a K, the bracelets, also candy with the C, regular candy, probably too. Um, I saw scarves. I saw merchandise clothes. Um, yeah, you could, you could buy a lot of stuff there, which was cool. They also had phone charging stations and then also safe places. If you needed a break, if you were in need of mental and physical assistance, they also had wheelchair friendly areas, accessible areas. So yeah, everything was really well organized. Like all these small details, well, as you guys know, this, my reviews are insanely detailed. I appreciate those small details and I appreciate their commitment to to safety and also to sustainability. There was people walking around the entire time cleaning and sweeping. I actually didn't see that many cups on the ground. They also had hard plastic cups for when you bought a cocktail. And then obviously if you bought, you know, something in a can, you could recycle that or beat boxes in a carton. So I didn't see that much plastic, which was great. Actually, I don't think I saw any really soft plastic. So that was really good. Um, yeah, they also had special lounges. So if you were an insomniac passport holder, those are people who go to so many events that they can just pay like a flat, a flat rate for all insomniac events. Um, they had a special area for them. They also had a sky deck. So if you wanted bottle service, um, you can look out on the main stage and get bottle service, obviously a lot of VIP areas. Um, yeah, so there's just a lot of lounges, places to sit. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of, of places to chill, which is really good because if you're doing this for three days, you need to sit down, <laughs> especially if you're, yeah, if you've been doing this for a long time, it's important to take breaks, of course. And those lounges also serve as great meetup spots. Um, because of course the Wi-Fi wasn't great there. The service wasn't great there, but that's standard. I mean, you have hundred thousand people all trying to connect. So there were places where you could get good Wi-Fi. Um, there was like a place near Rainbow Road near the water refill station, circuit ground lockers. I mean, obviously I had to identify those because I was working. I was also new about them ahead of time. Uh, and then just certain places you have better service than others. So at the end, you get all these messages like, we're here, we're here. And by the time you find your friends, they're not there anymore. But I mean, that's that's all that's all how it goes, right? So yeah, that's it for the venue. So we're going to take a short break. We're going to hear a message from one of our partners, one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back to get into food and drinks. See you in a few. Bye. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by one of our partners, Relita Couture. Relita Couture is a handmade rave festival fashion brand that's sure to make you feel confident and comfortable at your next event. The clothes are high quality and functional. Some even have pockets, which are really hard to find for women's rave wear. They have stuff for men, stuff for women, stuff for everybody. I've worn Relita Couture all over the world. Also wore them at EDC Orlando, of course. So head on over to RelitaCouture.com. Use code MCUNICORN to save some money at checkout because sexy has no size. Okay, now back to the episode. Okay, and we're back. So I want to talk a little bit now about food and drinks at EDC Orlando. What what were the options? How much did everything cost? How much should you prepare to spend on food and drinks? And what I did. So I didn't eat anything at EDC Orlando. I ate every day before and then every day after. So we ordered a bunch of food. Um, we had a lot of food in the room. Where we were, um, the Holiday Inn that we were staying at had a TGI Fridays next to it, and then also like Starbucks five minutes away. And my friends had cars, so we could just drive to go pick up stuff, which was really cool. Um, and then also we used DoorDash, Uber Eats, all those kind of apps for delivery. Also, there was a Miller Ale, Ale House walking distance, so we went there as well. We also got sandwiches at Publix, so 
we ate a lot before and then ate after. We we're just always order ordering stuff to the room or had stuff in the fridge or leftovers. So uh, I didn't eat anything there. Um, but there was a lot of food there. The food looked good. Um, I, I don't think any of my friends friends ate anything there. I think one person had fries and they said it was good, but there was everything. So they had vegan options, gluten-free options. They had the traditional stuff, of course, like burgers, corn dogs, fries. Then they had spring rolls, orange cauliflower, teriyaki bowls, acai bowls, smoothies. Actually, my friend was supposed to buy me a smoothie in it. That never, I think we lost each other, but the smoothies looked really good. Fruit cups, stuffed pretzel rolls, cotton candy. I mean, everything. So the cheapest thing to buy was the fruit. So a piece of fruit, it's like $2. And I mean, it, it ranged, but just for, for comparison, a burger was about $20. So if you're going to eat at EDC Orlando, I would say you should prepare to, to spend around $20 or $30 a day on food. I guess it depends how much you eat and what you want. But yeah, that, that does add up. So just keep that in mind. Um, what I usually recommend to people is eat a lot before, eat a lot after, have something ready for when you get back. Um, I also always have granola bars with me too. I was eating Chips Ahoy cookies there too. Um, yeah, usually security lets you bring in food if it's sealed. Not every festival, but yeah, if you have a gr one granola bar in your bag or a package of cookies, um, package of gummy bears, something like that, piece of fruit, like they're usually let you let you through with that. So that's always good too. I just keep that stuff in the locker. If I'm feeling a little hungry, go eat something and then go back to dancing. So drinks, drinks are expensive. <laughs> I mean, that's no surprise. Um, it's comparable to about ultra, you know, at ultra music festival, um, for alcoholic drinks, you're paying between $14 and $30 for non-alcoholic drinks like water or like a virgin drink, um, and soda about $5. There's a lot of ready to drink options for loco beatbox. And then you have like premium cocktails as well. So drinks are not cheap. <laughs> um, I think if you're going to eat and drink at EDC Orlando, you probably want to set aside a hundred dollars a day depending on what you eat and drink, but you know, you can drink before you can drink on the shuttle or, you know, whatever you can drink water. It really just depends on your needs and preferences and how much money you want to spend. But I think that's important to keep in mind when you're budgeting for festivals about how much, you know, food and drinks do cost there. So let's get next into the stages. So as I said, at the top of the episode, EDC Orlando has four stages, two art cars. So what's an art car? An art car is a mobile stage. It's kind of like a parade float. So it's a stage with wheels, so it can go around. So EDC Orlando had two art cars. One, I'm totally going to butcher the name. I think it's pronounced Rhinobus. I kept calling it the Rhombus stage. Rhinobus art car. So this one is that was at Pixel Forest. Pixel Forest was the area like between circuit grounds and the rest of the festival. And this art car was really cool because it was kind of like kaleidoscope triangle shaped. And when the lights hit off of it, it looked really cool. I described it in my article as like a moving canvas. It was just, you know, every time you looked at it, it was a little bit different. So that was really cool. The other art car that they had was an anniversary art car. So like I said at the beginning to celebrate the 30 year anniversary of Insomniac, they had all these celebrations, right? So the anniversary art car was, and you can see it here if you're watching on YouTube, a shape of a cake. So that was really cool. Um, we, I didn't spend too much time at the art cars. I kind of just passed by. Um, what was cool about the anniversary art car is it was right by the water. So there was a lot of space to dance. And then right behind that, you had this big LED um, 
photo wall, also celebrating the 30 year anniversary. And then you had a tunnel to the rest of the festival. So I like the location of that art car. The Rhino Bus art car, that location was tricky because there was a lot of sound bleed. Um, you guys know I have a very keen ear for this. There was really a lot of sound bleed between the Rhinobus Art Car and Pixel Force and Circuit Grounds. So Circuit Grounds, uh, we can transition right into that, is the bass music and dubstep stage. As you guys know, or maybe you don't know, uh, in America, that is probably one of the most popular genres, especially for people like Subtronics and Excision. That stage gets crowded. It gets packed. Um, so if you were standing towards the back, especially on the left side by the bar near Pixel Forest, you heard the sound from the other stage. You heard the sound from from the Rhinobus art car. So that's something to keep in mind as well. I wasn't crazy about the location of that, but Pixel Forest and that whole theme was cool. And the fact that like the lights kept hitting off of it. So, you know, always pros and cons. The next stage I want to talk about is Neon Garden. I've been thinking like what was my favorite stage at EDC Orlando? And it's tricky. I think Neon Garden. Uh, Neon Garden was a place for techno. So it was very like industrial underground vibes. Uh, it was all shipping containers, which is cool. It was also kind of really set apart because it was blocked off by those shipping containers. So that was really cool. Um, also, just the music there was really good. The vibes were really good. It made a lot of friends there. Um, I, I really like the lighting. So I think Neon Garden was my favorite stage. Next stage I want to talk about is Stereo Bloom. So Stereo Bloom is the place for trance. I also really, I mean, I liked all the stages, but I had a great time here too, especially, um, you know, with Paul Van Dyke and Ben Nicky. And yeah, that was really a lot of fun. Stereo Bloom is a little more intimate. It's a little bit smaller. It's also easily acceptable, accessible because it's not blocked off. So you can access it from any point, which was cool. But it's just it was just a smaller stage. Um, less people there. Uh, but there were a lot of major artists there like Dumbreski, Mal P. I heard things got crazy at Mal P. I was reading online that it was like insane. Um, I unfortunately missed that set. But yeah, I heard Stereo Bloom got wild there. I wasn't there for any of the crazy parts. Every time I went to Stereo Bloom, it was for trance. It was like really mellow and chill and just people vibing. So lastly, or no, not lastly. Well, no, I already talked about circuit, circuit ground. So, okay. So lastly, but not least, the main stage, Kinetic Field. So Kinetic Field, it was the main stage. So last year it was the traditional owl. So if you guys know EDC, you know the owl face. Um, this year was kind of like just a mystical face. It kind of reminded me of the stages that you see in Tulum in Mexico. Um, it was really beautiful. You had pyrotechnics, lasers, fireworks, shooting from all sides. Um, it was it was celestial. It was really beautiful. Uh, you had Dead Mouse there, Cascade, Zed, Domdala, Chainsmokers, Afroki, like all the biggest, um, the biggest names were there. So that got crowded, but there are a lot of places to access the main stage. Um, and then, of course, if you had VIP, you can go on the deck. And then there was another deck. It was like a sponsored area. It was called Dezo. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, but it's a hard seltzer area. And it was like a little two-story bar. They had a swing. And then you could go up the stairs to the deck. And you, you can also check out my, my Instagram for some of this content too. And then they there's a deck. And then there was a slide to get down. So, of course, I went down the slide. Um, but that was cool. So I saw Miss Monique from there, which was great. So it was early, early in the day. It wasn't crowded. 
So there was a lot of places that you could access the main stage from or watch or hear it from. So that was good even when it was crowded. So speaking of Miss Monique, <laughs> she was the first set of the weekend for us. We saw her first thing on Friday. Well, first thing after we got all the content that we needed and running around and doing the usual locker and whatever, trying to fi figure out where everything is. Once we got settled, we went straight to Miss Monique. So she's known for her style of combining melodic progressive house, pulsating beats, a little bit of tech house, a little bit of techno. So that was really, really good. Um, I never saw her live before, so she, she's been on my list for a long time. So you guys can read more about all the, you know, the sets that I reviewed in my review, but I'm just going to pick a couple to talk about now. Some are in my written review and some are not. Um, people always ask me how I decide who goes into the review and we'll do another episode on that because it's really long, but I do have a process of, of selecting which artists I decide to cover and which I don't, and then which I just go to have fun, which are for Instagram. So we can talk about that another day, but I just want to tell you a couple of my other favorite sets. So Subtronics, this will come to you as a surprise because you guys know I'm not a bass head. Um, I did do the whole dubstep thing in, in 2010, 2011. I like dubstep. Don't get me wrong. I like bass music. It's just not my favorite genre. You guys know my heart beats at 200 BPM. I like hard dance. I like side trance. I like hard techno. Those are my main genres. Um, but Subtronics, I just wanted to check him out. Um, there was a friend of mine from Instagram who I've been talking about, talking to for about two years. And we finally met. So shout out to Sunrise Wanderer. Finally, we got to, met, to meet in person. So I went to meet her and her friends with my friends. And it was funny because we took up so much space. Like we had two huge crews. We had like a huge area. I was like, these are all my friends. Like these are all my friends. Like all the way down to the Pickle Rick Totem, all the way down to the left side bar. Like these are all our people. So Subtronics, really, really a good set. Um, yeah, I just, I just loved it. I, I was really vibing to it. I was really feeling it. Um, really good bass music. He's, he's a great DJ and producer. The other set that I really loved at Circuit Grounds was Keizo. So Keizo, as you guys know, he mixes bass music with hard style and hard dance. He even played one up-tempo track. I was like, yes, it's so good. So what was funny about Keizo, because he mixes these two genres, whenever, whenever there's like a hard style drop, the, the the dubstep people so my you know sunrise wanderer her friends they would kind of like take it easier and then when it was a hard style drop my friends were going crazy because they're all hard hard dance people so it's just funny to see half the crowd like you know taking it a little bit easier when the headbang comes or like when it's starting like shuffling so that was hilarious i was like crying laughing with that just watching people's reactions in the crowd and uh i loved his set he 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 seamlessly combines the two genres uh which is hard to do so that was really fun. Um, some other sets I enjoyed from the weekend. As always, I talk about Ben Nicky. Ben Nicky was amazing. I saw him at Stereo Bloom. He also does a really good job of mixing genres. So he mixes a lot of side trance, vocal trance, and, and hard dance, some hard style. So, you know, I, I saw him twice at Tomorrowland. I've seen him at Mysteryland. Anytime he's playing, I, I'm there. So that that was really good as well. Um, Paul Van Dyke was also really good. I've been listening to Paul Van Dyke for a long time. That was also at Stereo Bloom. And then the last set I want to talk about is Infiza Letiago. She's one of my favorite DJs of all time at the moment. Um, she, she throws down hard. Um, I've seen her a couple times this year. I think Tomorrowland, I, I forget, I forget. I've been to so many things, maybe AD or Ultra. I don't remember, but she, she's amazing. She threw down a really hard techno set. Um, at Neon Garden. So that was awesome. 
So EDC Orlando, you have a little bit of everything. There's not hard dance though. So a little bit of everything except for hard dance, but there was hard style and hard dance thrown into some sets, like I just said, but there weren't any per se hard style or hard dance DJs at EDC Orlando, but you do have techno, house, trance, dubstep, bass music. There's even a little drum and bass. I saw Wilkinson for the first time. So that was cool. I never heard of him before. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a pretty good mix of genres. Definitely throughout, throughout the three days. So next we're getting into sound and visuals. So like I said before, um, there was some sound bleed near the pixel forest and circuit grounds. But aside from that, the sound was great. Um, obviously I can't be everywhere all at once. So, you know, maybe there were things that happened that I, I didn't catch because I can't be at six stages at the same time. Um, but from what I heard, the sound was super crisp, super, super clear. Um, no issues with the sound that I heard other than the sound bleed, like I said. The visuals were also amazing. Um, yeah, just a lot of lasers, pyrotechnics, flames. Like It was just, EDC is definitely one of the leaders in production. And this this was no exception. I mean, it was the production was insane. Stages were beautiful, all the visuals. Um, yeah, so I don't have that much to say about that. Otherwise, it was just, other than that, it was, it was really good. It was great. I mean, I've been to a couple EDCs. I did EDC Orlando last year, like I said. I've also done EDC New York twice when that was happening. I am going to EDC Vegas in May. I'm trying to do EDC C, the boat, uh, next November. So I'll let you guys know how everything kind of compares. But based on, you know, the EDC events that, that I've attended, the sound was good and the visuals were good. And it's always good. So last last piece of all this coming to an end now is I want to talk about the atmosphere and organization. So overall, EDC Orlando was really well organized. Like I said, everything was smooth. There wasn't super long wait times for things other than the photo opportunities, but that's your own choice to wait in that line. Um, getting around the festival was easy. There was a lot of like back ways you could take too. Um, you know, just like that, like I said, that tunnel behind the art car, um, behind the anniversary art car. There's just a lot of like ways you can access it. It was very accessible. Um also, EDC really, there's something really important I want to bring up here is that EDC is really committed to safety. So you had walking around, you had ground control going around, checking in on people. If there's someone who's looking sick or having a rough time, or even just someone sitting alone with their head down, you know, I, I'm also always checking on people. I just always give like a thumbs up. And then if they give a thumbs up back, I'm like, all right, move on. If they don't respond, then I approach them like, Hey, you know, are you getting right? Like, how's it going? Where are your friends? Um, a couple instances of that over the weekend, of course, but yeah, EDC is on top of it. Also, I want to give a shout out to End Overdose. End Overdose is one of my favorite organizations. Uh, they came on the podcast last season. I had Darcy on and they're committed to preventing overdose deaths at events. And as you guys know, this is something that's very important to me. And yeah, they had a stand there. They were doing trainings, providing education, and it's great to see them at events. And, and thank you to them for everything that they do. So I went over and said hello as well. I did one of their trainings. Uh, Darcy was not there, unfortunately. I was hoping to finally meet her in person after she was on my podcast. But yeah, safety-wise, um, I felt safe throughout the festival. There was no creeps or weird weird things happening. Um, security was helpful. Uh, staff, anytime you had a question, staff was helpful. Um, people at the bar were really nice. Like, just overall was a great experience. Like, that's all I have to say. It was 
It was amazing. It was a lot of walking. It was exhausting, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. I think EDC Orlando is one of my favorite American festivals for sure. So if you've never been, definitely go. Go next year. I don't, I'm not going next year because I'm trying to do EDC the boat, um, EDCC. And yeah, they're back to back. That's too much. Plus on top of everything else that I have. So I think I'll skip next year and, and do the boat, but definitely EDC Orlando is always going to be on my list. And yeah, so that's all today for the recap. We're going to take a short break and then I just have a couple of announcements. See you in a bit. All right, we're back. So before we close out this episode, it's time for some announcements. This will be the last episode of 2023, of course, as the year comes to an end. It's been an amazing year filled with some incredible events. So, you know, it's at the end of the year, I'm reflecting back on everything that I've done. And it's insane. It's been wild. You know, I started a second podcast, Ravers Revelations. I went to a million events. <laughs> Not going to list them all. I started working for EDM House Network, which was really cool. A lot of new collaborations, a lot of new partners and sponsors. Um, I'm going to announce the new ones at the top of the year because um, we're still figuring out everything and getting the content together. But definitely stay tuned for that. Season three will continue on again, of course, next month. So we're sticking to our same schedule. Um, it'll be the, the third Friday of the month. Um, I know the one the one episode before this one, there was a bit of a delay. We had some technical issues with the rendering of the video. So that came out a little bit later, but I'm still sticking to once a month, third Friday of the month. So that will continue on through 2024. Um, you know, the season will come to an end at some point. I just haven't decided when. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep going. Um, so also, please don't forget to check out all my articles. So you know, today we talked about EDC Orlando, but I have a lot, a lot more articles um, on edmhousenetwork.com, also, also on Hardstyle Mag. So I have editorials, I have artist interviews, um, obviously my reviews, I have a lot of press releases. So going over and check that out. Um, I've covered a lot of major events for EDM House Network now, Tomorrowland, EDC Orlando, World Club Dome, Amsterdam Dance Event. Uh, I've already planned 2024. I think I know everything that I'm going to now. So I'll be announcing that really soon once things get confirmed and once I start booking like trips and everything like that. But I'll be all over the world next year once again. <laughs> so I look forward to seeing you guys uh, out on the dance floor somewhere. On December 30th, I'll be at Gearbox Pole Position at the Ziggo Dome in Amsterdam. So if anyone's going to that, come and find me. And then on New Year's, I'll be headed to Belgium to celebrate in Antwerp. So that, not EDM related, just having a normal New Year's. Look at me, being a normal person. So, all right, now, now into more announcements. I just want to drop one more code for you guys to use to save money on your upcoming rave outfits. So Shroom Beach... As you guys know, I started working for Shroom Beach over the summer. You can use my code MCUnicorn20 and shop from amazing psychedelic swimwear and festival outfits. And best of all, a portion of the proceeds from every purchase goes to support psychedelic research. So head on over to shroombeach.com or click the link in the description to learn more. Lastly, please check out my second podcast, Ravers Revelations. This is with my friend, Alana Van Wyck. This is the podcast where we read and react to your festival stories. So it's very different from this one. It's more casual, more conversation back and forth. You guys can always submit stories to us. We always do different topics, but any stories are accepted. <laughs> we'll read and react to them. We'll read them out loud. Obviously, they're all anonymous, but we get some really funny entries. We also share a lot of our own stories. 
Uh, we've both been working in the industry for a really long time. So we also share kind of like behind the scenes stuff that we see, weird things that we see, um, you know, our thoughts and feelings on everything. So that's really fun. Um, it's available on her YouTube channel, Alana Van White. Um, but I've also linked it in the episode description. You can also watch it on Spotify. And if we don't have enough episodes for you, go on over to patreon.com slash ravers revelations. You can subscribe for as little as $5 a month. And there you get everything, all the episodes, bonus content. So definitely go on over and check that out. It's also a great way to support us as well. As you guys know, these things are not free. They're not cheap. We put a lot of work into what we do. So we really appreciate your support. If you'd like to support me and, and the Drop Base Not Bombs podcast, please give me a follow on Instagram at MCUnicornOfficial. Give Drop Base Not Bombs a, a follow at Drop Base Not Bombs NL. You can support the Drop Base Not Bombs podcast for as little as 99 cents a month by clicking the link in the description. That's cheap, guys. Definitely go and check that out. And that's all for today. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you like the podcast, leave us a five-star review, drop a comment. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to click the bell, like, and subscribe. You know what to do. And we'll see you on Friday, January 19th for another episode. Bye.